Hi, welcome to our podcast. To learn more about Liverpool One Church, join us live, give financially and to get involved, head to liverpoolonechurch.com. We believe God wants to do great things in and through your life today. Enjoy this message. Hey Liverpool One Church, it really is just excellent to have you with us for our third part of our current series road trip and just straight from the off, right from the jump, we want to let you know that today's going to be a little bit different because if you're anything like me, what you will know is that whoever it is that has hold of the iPhone or is controlling the media device that runs your car, the Spotify playlist, the Apple list, you will know that whoever it is that has control of that device for whatever road trip that you're going on in life, they are the ones that determine the the atmosphere, the mood, the vibe in your car. And so it is the same when it comes to our lives. And we think that now we're followers of Jesus, that music and worship actually plays a huge part in all of our lives and all of the journeys that we're on in life. So that's why I've asked some of our friends. We've got Hayley Byrne over here who leads worship in the church. She's a great girl. We've got Josh Scott to my left, another one of our worship leaders, and Sammy Bailey, who I can just see over there. And um, she's one of our MDs, people who musically direct what happens on a platform. And I've just said to some of my friends like, can you come and help me and um, talk to the church about worship from the premise of like, let's just make sure that we set the tone of our life right for whatever journey and whatever place in life we currently find ourselves. So hopefully we're gonna have a little bit of fun and we're gonna have some conversation. And these guys are gonna do a great job in making that happen for us. I think that there is probably, maybe this is gonna be a great place for us to start, I think that sometimes there's a real genuine misconception about like the role of what worship is in the life of a Christian. I know that many of us can sometimes think that worship is like, this is what happens um, in church between a set segment of a service. It's about the music, it's about the lights, it's about the camera, the action. But I'm not necessarily convinced that that is what worship is about in its entirety. So in a moment, I'm going to ask you guys, really, uh, about what you think about worship is. But before we go there, I would just like to say two things. Firstly, um, I want to say on behalf of our church to to, to you guys, Thank you for being willing to share your gifting and your talents and everything that you so faithfully bring into the life of Liverpool One Church. And I know that we had a great night on Wednesday night. You weren't, you pulled a sickie, uh, but we'll let you off. And um, you went sick at the last minute, Josh. But I thought you guys did an outstanding job just at worship night. And I think it's true that we've got a real worship in church, and that doesn't happen by default, it happens because of the spirit and the life and the energy and the enthusiasm that you guys bring and the band brings. So I want to start off by saying that. And then um, secondly, I would like to say that you guys get to see the church and you have a vantage point of church that I don't even have. I rarely get to see the church worshiping and engaging. So um, Man, what, what's that like? Because that must be, um, that's just a different thing. Not everybody gets to see what you see. So what is that like? Yeah, it's, um, it's incredible. I think it's been, it's been tough. We're not going to lie, like the past 
I don't know how long we've been back, but 18 months, say, and obviously with you guys being back in the room, it's been really tough because obviously at the minute everyone's masked up. Um, so you could be absolutely belt into the top of your lungs, but we can't tell. Um, so sometimes it's just eyes and you kind of have to depend on people's <laughs> eyes, whether they're kind of engaging in worship or not. Um, but yeah, no, it's, yeah, our church are definitely a worshiping church and it's like one of my favorite things to, to ever do, which was, incredible at worship night is to kind of just come off mic which the tech hate but come off mic and just have the congregation sing back to you like that is honestly standing on this platform it is the most like incredible sound that you could ever imagine so yeah no we absolutely love every single one of you all of our services and yeah we are an incredible worshiping church yeah, yeah and I love the fact that that's what we um we get the opportunity to build together is just a church that worships and lifts high the name of Jesus Christ, non-dependent of like what week you've had, what's going on in your world. We can all gather and lift high together in that corporate setting, um, you know, the name of Jesus, which is just inspirational. Um, before we go a little bit deeper and ask some of the, the truly meaningful stuff, I would love to know like, um, What's your biggest fail in worship, leading worship? Like, what is your biggest fail, Josh? Like, tell us something that's just, that's happened that we would maybe even not have a clue about. Tell us about your worst worship leading moment ever. There are so many. Um, <laughs> just, I think the, the most embarrassing one, which has actually caused us to never, ever play this song again, was uh, we were singing The Blessing by Elevation. And it is a, it's a belt, and it came out the start of lockdown, and it was like an anthem for the church, and we were doing it, and... Uh, whatever happened on stage, we just kind of lost track of where we were up to. And the song just keeps going on and on. And it was so embarrassing that none of us knew where we were coming. So I came in on the wrong bit and I'm singing over the wrong words. And there was just like a collapse. But then the two people that were singing with me, who, you know, to save embarrassment, I won't name, but it was Haley and Caleb, <laughs> just decided to just leave me there and just jumped around the stage for about two minutes and I was just left by myself standing in this lone, horrifying place, looking around at them, bouncing around the stage and I'm not a bouncy person, uh, but I couldn't Are keep up. Josh, that was, we would no, never have known I, I don't never. really move an awful lot, um, but that was, that's one of my worst, I think. <laughs> Where you felt like you were just left to hang and dry. Literally not felt that I was left to hang you and were. dry. Like they, they was like, right, this is on you, you fix it, yeah, yeah. What's yours? <laughs> Hayley, come on, what's yours? Uh, yeah, in again, fact, there's been many. I know one. I, in fact... <laughs> Actually, I'll probably use that one. So mine would probably be um, in lockdown. Thankfully, there was no one in the room apart from a really short, um, short a small group of people. Um, and it was, hot. it was at the start of a song three after the message. And obviously, again, maybe it's jumping. Maybe I should just stop jumping. Because as I jumped, I went over on my ankle but I sprained it and I felt the heat just all of a sudden come up my body. And my leg was like this and my whole body and Sarah Palmer was stood at, uh, and she was looking at me going, yeah, yeah. Like I was just completely lit and filled with the anointing and then I was like, <laughs> and I was looking at her thinking, no, you must have seen it. Like I've gone out, I've, I've rolled my ankle, I'm in a lot of pain. And she was like, yeah, yeah, come on. And I'm literally like crying my eyes out. Uh, but yeah, stayed on for another two songs. So. Yeah, ended up in, in A&E that night. Was that service is still on YouTube. We'll no, but give you, you can't the see the role. You can't find it. Well, there's a story behind that because it is true that that series, that series is still on YouTube. 
the 12th of August last year. But what I will say, <laughs> what I will say is that we went looking for it there and we realized that we'd asked the media guys to take it out because it was so bad. So I thought that it'd be really funny that if we like played the video, but then they showed <laughs> me horrendous. the actual footage from the B-Stock and it was almost as bad as Conor McGregor the other night in his <laughs> UFC it fight. It literally goes, Bang, yeah. like that on the like side. Like your ankle of my is the ankle. wrong way around. Oh. So I thought that would be really funny, but I was advised that that wouldn't be a funny thing to do in church. So we're not going to show you Haley going over on her ankle. Um, Sammy, you, you are an MD, so you have uh, full control over what happens with the band. What is your most embarrassing worship moment? I think this goes, to be fair, it wasn't here. It was in, it was in the liner. And um, the liner. we didn't have track, like extra tracks or anything like that back then. It was literally just a click and us. Um, but obviously the tracks had a bit of, bit of what's the word? Je ne sais quoi. Yeah, that's it. And then, um, yeah, so we did this new song called Alive by Hillsong, which is like dun, 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 which was all piano. However, it didn't come on. So we, the whole band's full on doing the jig, dun, 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 and there was no synth at all. But the best bit was Matt Meany. There was like these, like, it was like a boat with rails and he's just swinging like Tarzan, looking for the wire to get the keys. So for a full like eight to 10 minutes, which is a long time, the whole band's just like And when it finally comes on, the whole church just like roars. But when you're just doing this, like trying to get anything out of the keys, I think I was, and it was one of my like first Sundays. I think I was like 16 years old, like, What's happening? I'm surprised you didn't sing it because <laughs> Sammy is a secret singer. Yeah, she is. No. And yeah. down our ears, when we've got our ears on, all you can hear is like, oh, she's like a DJ where it gets switched. She's like, what was that? Say it again. Sing it again. And she's like <laughs> rapping to us down our ears. I'll so definitely do it today. <laughs> This is like the real life of a worship leader right now. This is really what's going on. You think that they're like being all worshipful in their ears and they're all just chatting to each other. But, but what I do love is the idea that, you know, and we've got some amazing tech people, but I love the idea that someone thought that if I climb along the rafters from one end of the auditorium to the front, maybe nobody will see me. It's just like, that is so never going to happen. <laughs> but, it, but that's how they think that the world operates, right? I'll just hang from the rafters and uh, get away with it. Um, okay, let's um, let's talk deep for a moment. What is worship to you? Because we can come and we can laugh and we get to do this every Sunday. But I would be an advocate of saying that worship isn't often what we think it is. We think that it's about oh, when the band play, when the music is on, when the lights are on. But, but maybe that's not all it is. What is worship to you? Yeah, so for me, this sounds really cheesy, but worship to me is like breath. Like you need it, like you need to... You breathe in wow. and you breathe out. And for me, it's kind of like that. What, that is what worship is for me. And it's, you know, growing up in a church environment, it was always like church is a lifestyle. Um, worship is a lifestyle. And you'd go, yeah, 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 thinking I have no idea what that means. Um, but for me, like as an adult now, worship is a lifestyle. So yeah, it's great that we get to do what we do and we stand on the stage and we lead you guys in worship and, and we, we see music as worship. But actually... I like to, to think that on and off the platform, I'm the exact same person. So kind of in my workplace, I will worship by trying to be the positive person and trying to be kind and gracious and, and generous with my words and generous with my giving. Like for me, that is worship. It's how I build my life. It's how I build my home, my family, my friendships. It's, it's every element of my life which I want to demonstrate God's goodness to. And then the singing and the worship and the music is kind of like the... The cherry on top. Right, right. I mean, would you see it the same, Josh? Yeah, you know, definitely. how would you describe worship? 
think all of the above, definitely. Um, but for me, it's just peace. So, like, I'm an anxious person uh, over anything. Um, but if I need to calm down, you just have to worship. And I think that's probably the same for everyone. I guess, you know, if you crank your worship music as loud as you can, you stop worrying about whatever you're thinking about because you can't hear it. Like, you, it, when, when there's something about when you get in the presence of God and when you're giving honor into him and singing about what he's done and what he's yet to do and who he is, you can't panic. You can't have that worry. Um, so for me, it's always been about that. And I connect with God. Yeah. I think the best through worship, like even from early days, it, it, I found as soon as, as soon as the music's on, I'm like back where I need to be. Yeah. Um, but it's always been like that. Because I think that for me, I kind of look at worship in the sense of um, the word worship. I kind of consider it like, is there a way or is there an opportunity for me to tell God as a follower of Jesus, is there a way for me to let him know where and how much I value him in my life? Like, does he know from me how much I place on his worth-ship in my life? And it doesn't necessarily always have to be around music, although, you know, it can help, um, but it's not necessarily the be-all and end-all. Sammy, I'd love to know what sort of habits or patterns of worship do you try and build into your life? Like, what do you do to stay engaged in worship outside of a Sunday? I think, as the, these have said, obviously it's really important. I think it's in every commun like every conversation that we have, in every action, everything we do for others as well. I think that's really important. Like, obviously, worship is our personal relationship, but also we can show that through what we do. And I think, personally, habit-wise, um, obviously, we have rehearsals on a Wednesday um, and obviously up on stage on Sundays. However, before all that and before anything else, I really think it's important that we have our own time to do it. And I think yeah. it's important that before a rehearsal, before that preparation, you've just acknowledged that, why are we doing this? Obviously, it's for God. And I think that's what's so important. So for me, that would be sitting at my piano at home and just having that time, not even playing a specific song for Sunday, just that general worship and whatever words or song comes to my head, playing that. And I think that is obviously a practical musical example of how I'd build that into my life, making sure I've set, set it right, put that first, and then I'm prepared then for a Wednesday to bring what we need to bring. And then we are all prepared as a team, as a unit, for Sunday to bring what we have to bring. Yeah, and I, I love that sort of sentiment about you highlighting how actually what we think counts the most doesn't. And that is that we think what happens in a public arena or a stage or a platform is what is valuable the most. But actually, what happens in private counts way more than most of the stuff that happens in public. Um, what about you, Josh? What about habits and patterns? What do you do to keep you worshiping through the week when you're not stood on a platform leading the church? Yeah, I think my, my routine's changed quite a lot since having a baby because believe it or not, they take up quite a lot of time. I didn't see that coming. Um, <laughs> but uh, I used to be on my guitar most evenings and, and just spending time, but I just can't seem to find that time now. So I'll, I'll often have worship music on in the car. I'll try and build it into, like, you know, you were saying worship is a lifestyle. I think if you live honorably and live in, like, honoring God, I think that's worshiping at the same time. Um, you, you're not, you know, you're not using foul language. You're not a, a Sunday Christian, but you, you, you model your life on how I want to give God honor in everything I do, and that is worshiping Him. It's showing His worth. Um, I think if you build that into your life, you're worshiping just the same as if you had an instrument. Yeah, yeah, and it's so true because not everybody has an instrument to play. Um, what would you say hails to 
maybe somebody that would think that the only form of legitimate worship is the corporate type of worship, like what happens, you know, the first two songs before the message, or this is worship when there is a band or an organ or a stained glass. What would you say to encourage somebody that maybe feels that that is the only expression of worship available to them? What do you think about that? Yeah, I think obviously, like I said earlier, like it's every aspect of your life is worship. I think for me, from like a really practical point of view, um, like set your day, your day upright. Uh, that's really important. So, you know, if you're driving to work or you're on the train or whatever, like get your Christian music on because it sets you up to, for the day. Like I can promise you, like in our house, um, we just don't have secular music on and that's not us being like, oh, look at them. Uh, we just don't like if, say, John's in the shower, for instance, upstairs, you'll always hear Christian music on, like in the kitchen, you'll hear it. Like just because it's the right thing to do f- f- in our home. Like we like to just fill our home with worship and get Spotify on, like get, a- get Apple Music on and just, there's so many practical ways, like there's so many playlists out there. You don't even have to search them or, uh, you know, like put the CD on like you used to. Like you don't need to do this, this just worship at, that, at the click of your fingers. Um, so yeah, I would, obviously the practical way, get yourself listening but also just see every aspect of your life as worship so you should be wise with your words like are your words gonna gonna encourage someone or are they gonna tear them down like which way is this gonna go and if it's gonna go and tear them down don't do it like worship through that way and always be kind and generous with with your words throughout the week because that's worship as well no, it's so good and it's so true. Josh, would you have anything to add? What would you say if somebody maybe feels like the only expression of worship that is genuine for them is what takes place in a church? Yeah, I think yeah, you may think you're tone deaf. Um, and don't get me wrong, we might think that too. But uh, God doesn't. Like, I, I'm convinced he loves hearing, like, you know, Becky says herself, she, she's got quite, she's got an okay voice, she says, but she sings all the time. Um, and I think that is the nicest sound for God to hear because it's just singing what, what he gave. It's just singing his praises in anything. It doesn't matter if anyone else thinks. It doesn't matter if you're on a platform. It doesn't matter where you are. Um, I think it's, it's just showing his worth, isn't it? Like, it doesn't matter if you can play an instrument. Like, you know, we've got vocalist Haley. Haley can't play an instrument, but her voice is amazing. It might be none of that. Uh, it might be the other way around, but it's just giving what you have and what you can give, in, if, whether that's in your life or your talent, uh, back to God, because he gave it to you. So for me, I, I would almost come at it from a slightly different angle too, especially from the premise of like your life style should be offered up to God, and we'll talk a little bit about that later on. But um, one habit that Emma and I have, particularly on a Monday, but pretty much whenever, but we do tend to walk our dog on the beach, and I absolutely love sometimes just literally gazing out upon the waters as far as your eyes can see. And then all of a sudden you start to become contemplative about how the same God that brought all of our entire creation, that which is seen and unseen into being, is also the maker of me. And almost being around nature, being around the environment. You know, we went walking up a mountain just the other week. And sometimes when you take a little bit of a different vantage point in life. It just reminds you of 
oh yes, God, you are, you are incredibly strong and powerful and good and righteous and holy. And we use this word all the time in church, but actually I think it should be reserved for the one that truly is. But, but God really is awesome. And I think that sometimes, even if it's not about music at all, not about church, not about Sunday, that is just as much of your worship when you literally scan the horizon upon God's creation and it just makes you take a breath in and say, God, I am thankful that for everything that you have made that today, this day, you've given me breath in my lungs to enjoy it and I wanna show appreciation to you. That for me is often the real essence of worship and it's not always about what takes place in a church environment. But I guess moving on, one of the things that I think that I would like to do and have a little bit of fun with too is I would just love to know what is your favorite worship song and why? Now I know that there are a, there's a plethora of tracks and songs that we will sing in the church, so it doesn't have to be governed to only songs we sing here. Like across the board, what is your number one worship song at the moment and why? Hales, let's start with you. I think when Luke's asked that and he says, like, at the moment, I think he was asking for kind of like, you know, your Elevation, your Maverick City, like that type of thing. (laughs) No, mine's the complete opposite. Uh, So my favourite worship song is Majesty. Um, So the reason... Back in the day. (laughs) So the reason that is my favourite worship song, like for starters, it was a song that played during my baptism, which was like 15 years ago. Um, So it was a song that played in church during my baptism. And it's just those words, like, your grace has found me just as I am. Like, and for me, you know, not dependent on what my Monday looked like, non dependent of, you know, the road rage that I've just had or, um, (laughs) (laughs) like, your grace has found me just as I am in this moment. Like, empty-handed, but I'm alive in your hands. And for me, I'm just kind of like, it just reminds me of, of God's goodness, of his. And then I sing majesty like for me so your grace is amazing now I'm going to declare majesty like just that word is just kind of like just heart abandoned I'm going to worship you and your grace completely covers me and it's special obviously because of like my baptism so and it's a golden old <laughs> yeah I mean that that's got to be like 1999 2000 I don't know what genre that is from but it is a that is an oldie a real yeah. golden oldie I think that we should definitely well I would love to ask you guys why don't you play as a chorus in a middle eight of that song and um, let everybody who maybe hasn't heard it before hear it now When you switch that on, that really helps. I've got nothing. Um, That might run out, so I'm just going to play really loudly. Of your majesty, 
I'm not going to lie, I was tempted to do one of two things there, either just volunteer to get myself baptised again hearing that, or throw in the third you harmony, which, should. you know, now I'm with you guys. You were the and... original worship leader in here, so... <laughs> I technically feel like I'm part of the band today, it's like a lifelong dream and aspiration of mine, so thanks for including me, guys, I appreciate you. Um, what a great song, and... Um, I, Josh, I know that you're a real, like, current kind of guy. You, you only like things that are super modern. You have no time for anything that is old at all. And I would love to know, what is your favorite worship song and why? Mine's about 20 years old. Uh, <laughs> of course it is. Yeah, if you know me, you'll know it's From the Inside Out by Hillsong. And... Um, it's, it's special to me for the same. Uh, it was the first song that was playing when I first came to LOC. Um, and it was one of the first songs I led worship on, uh, the first time I led worship. So it's special to me in that respect. Um, but just, the, just what it's about, it, it talks about God being never-ending. He is everlasting. And no matter how many times I screw up, which happens a lot, he picks me back up, and he'll always do that. And just the act of surrendering everything to him which you have to do so many times in your life that, like, God, I can't do this without you, so here is everything I've got. Um, and I love that it's put in song form. It's, it's amazing. Well, I definitely think that you should sing us a chorus in a middle eight. Hey, got a guitar. In my heart and my soul I give you control Consume me from the inside out Lord, let justice and praise Become my embrace To love you from the inside out Everlasting, your light will shine when all else fades feel like we're having a competition here between like who can bring the oldest worship song to the table that we can find right um, <laughs> but I really appreciate you sharing that with us Sammy B I would love it like tell us what is your favorite worship song and why my favorite is heart of worship so another brand new one there another, straight hot off 2020, the press 2020 <laughs> I think it was released no um heart of worship no this song means so much to me and I think it basically just acknowledges everything that worship is about for me so I think and obviously for us all how it's just I'm coming back to the heart of worship and it's all about you it's not about us it's not about any distractions that get in our way it's just that relationship with with God and who he is to us and it's just saying it's, it's all about you Jesus that's all we do this for whether we're on the platform whether we're at home whether we're in the car the only thing and the only person we're doing this for is for God and I think that's why I love it as my favorite worship song, but also for so many years, it's just really resonated with me that that's why every Sunday, that flick of a switch, just this is why I'm here for God, nothing else. Amazing. A Matt Redman classic. Why don't you go ahead and uh, jump straight into it? Heart of Worship. 
When the music fades And all is stripped away And I simply come Longing just to bring Something that's a word That will bless your heart I'll bring you more than a song For a song in itself Is not what you have required You search much deeper within Through the way things appear You're looking into my heart I'm coming back to the heart of worship Cause it's all about you It's all about you, Jesus I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I made it Cause it's all about you It's all about you, Jesus I think there's got to come a point. Everyone's got to have their own favorite worship song, you know. Um, what would be yours? You don't get away mind. with it. What would be yours? Well, well, I, I feel duty bound now to the church to bring them something that they might have actually heard before. So um, maybe something not quite as old. I, so I think that for me, I think that music is seasonal. You always have a, a, a new song for, for the season. I think that for me... Um, you know, there's a track by Elevation Church and it's called Do It Again and you guys sing it. In fact, you sang it at Wednesday night's worship night and kind of like the main hook of the middle eight of that song, the words of it are, um, I've seen you move, you've moved the mountains and I believe you'll do it again. You made a way where there is no way and I believe you'll do it again. And I think that the reason why for me personally, why that song, that anthem is the current sort of theme of my life is that I see it like how our lives actually work as followers of Jesus, at least this is my experience, maybe you can relate, is that often there are moments marked in time where we feel like God's moved, God's done something, God's broke through, God's given you an opportunity, like God came through. And then there can be a season afterwards where it feels almost like, God, are you there? Do you know what I'm going through? Do you care? And during those seasons where we feel like, God, where are you? The only thing we can actually do is look back towards the faith from our past to keep us motivated and going towards our faith for our future. And life is full of those moments. And I think that even in this coronavirus season that we've been in as a church, you know, it's genuinely made me feel and look upon everything that we do and all the exertion and work of our hands. It makes me feel like, God, I've seen you do some incredible things in our lives and in that of our church and our staff and our team. And I'm really believing right now, even though it doesn't feel like that's happening, even though it doesn't seem like, you know, with the pandemic and church and closures and, you know, reduction in capacity and masks and everything feels so different right now. I, I believe even now that, God, that you can do something incredible again. And I think that the one thing that we have got to offer God is a voice of faith, like without faith to hold on to, we haven't got much. So I feel like when we're singing that song, that middle eight of, you know, um, 
I believe that you'll do it again. I'm believing that in my life. I'm believing that for our church family right now. I'm believing that the best is yet to come. I'm believing that God is good even when life around us isn't. And, um, and that God can really do incredible things like we've seen him do in the past if we're just faithful to keep going and keep trusting. So it would only be right that you guys sing a verse or a chorus of... Do it again. Can you, um, can you sing it with us? Oh, yeah, sure, no problem. If the church no makes chance. enough noise, can you sing it with us? <laughs> yeah, so I can turn, I can turn my mic off for you all. <laughs> I can hear someone whistling from behind there. There we go, that's the key. <laughs> Yeah, I bottled it. I got stage fright. I could hear people whistling from behind the stage and it just put me off. I was just ready to bring it and um, I'll be honest with you, I didn't feel the word of the Lord come upon me. Maybe at the six when it's not being recorded or something, maybe then. So if you want to see me make a fool of myself, come the six. Although I've said it now, so it's going to have to happen. Um, Maybe one of the things, you know, and we'll kind of like close with this, is that I really think that what the writer of Hebrews 5 verse 14 refers to is so true for all of us. And he talks about how, well, he doesn't talk about this, but the the scriptures talk about how we're made up of body, soul, and spirit. And the writer in Hebrews encourages us to exercise the spiritual gifts within, exercise our spirit man, if you like. And I see when we do get the opportunity to worship together corporately in the format of a church, before the talk, before we kind of get going with anything else, that is almost similar to us, like going to the gym and working out physically. And I've always felt and thought that it's way easier to work out when you're around the right people. And I feel like if you wanna grow and strengthen and get bigger and get stronger spiritually, then the way to do that is to exercise yourself spiritually. And I think that the spiritual equivalent of the bench press to get stronger in your spirit man is worship. It's when you choose to honor God and sing to God and walk with God through no matter what storms or sunshine and stage of life you find yourself in. The moment that you commit and persist to putting God first, right centering Him, it's like you strengthen your spirit man around you. Now, I know that we are going to get set and we are going to worship. So um, in closing, you guys can kind of make a move and our stage hands will come and get something sorted on a stage, but on the stage. But whilst we do that, just let me read to you a small passage of scripture that's found in the book of Romans that basically relates to this whole idea and concept of what what real worship is. Because we can think that worship is the coming together in the corporate setting of a church when there is a band and when there is lights, or maybe even a more traditional setting when maybe there is an organ, we can think that that is worship. But the Apostle Paul in the book of Romans actually makes it really clear for us when he's talking about what type and kind of worship is God looking for those of us that say we follow Christ. So if we say today that you're a follower of Christ, if that's what you can 
echo, then this applies to you. Of course, if you're just in church today checking things out, this might feel a little bit awkward, a little bit unnerving for you, but you get off scot-free because this doesn't really apply to you. But if you're a follower of Jesus, this is what Paul says about the role of worship in your life and in mine. And he talks about it being such a thing that is to offer your body as a living sacrifice. In other words, don't offer a part of your life or a something that you do on a Sunday or something that you bring, but offer your life in its entirety as a living sacrifice. The whole idea concept there is I'm gonna actually lay down my own wills, my own desires, my own ambitions, my own kind of thought processes and thought life many a time in order to bring to you, God, whatever it is that you're desiring from me. Offer your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. And then he makes this statement, this is your true and proper worship. Now, if I'm gonna be honest with you, one of the things that I can say is that in years gone by, I have been highly critical of the way in which other people worship. I mean, I don't know what gave me the right to think that that was even a voice that I needed to have in my life, but if I would be in a church many years ago and I would maybe see somebody that was worshiping God and they were excited and they were exuberant and they were maybe like full of the actions and you know, we build in an energetic and you know, enthusiastic worshiping church here at Liverpool One, but if I ever saw that and people would raise hands, I would almost think to myself like, that just seems a bit weird, that feels a little bit crazy. Like, what are they doing? Do they not realize like how stupid they look? Do they not know how, how alien a concept that is, that you would raise your hands, that you would clap in an excited manner to God? Like, what is that even about anyway? And then I started to realize as time goes on and I got a little bit older in my faith that often that that is not something that I need to be doing because I often would never understand the backstory of anybody else's life in the same way that I wouldn't understand the backstory of your life or you of mine. And actually what those lifted hands would often mean for people carries so much significance and is so important to them in their declaration of God's worship in their life. Now when I look around and I see hands raised, I always think about the backstory because oftentimes what we find is that people will raise up their hands. Maybe it's because they feel like whatever it is they're carrying, they can no longer carry. Like the burden of life, the burden of family disgruntledness and issues and problems has become so overwhelmingly bearing for us that we lift up and we say, God, I want you to lift this from me. I can't take the weight, so I'm asking you to. Other times it can be a sign of like uh, surrender or saying, God, I, I don't wanna do life on my own anymore. So I'm gonna raise up my hands and show a sign, an outward physical symbol of saying, I'm gonna, I'm gonna submit my life into the care of your hands because I believe that you are loving and kind and gracious towards me. So no matter what's going on in my world, I'm gonna offer it up. 
Sometimes you can see people, they will raise their hands and it's almost like in the same way that a young child would wanna reach out to their father. We as followers of Christ can do exactly the same to our Father God in heaven. Reach out with that sentiment of Abba Father, I'm coming to you right now. Like I just need to be held. I need somebody to come close. I need to feel that touch of you being near and your presence being real in my life. Like that's what the raising of hands can often mean. And when people celebrate and they're clapping of their hands in time with the beat, they're celebrating the fact that they know of the journey of life that God has brought them on. So I just wanna say, as we worship today, we're gonna offer up not just our voice, not just our lungs, not just our sight, we're gonna offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and good towards our Father in heaven because that is the type and kind of worship that He desires. Thanks for joining us today. We hope that you can take that message and apply it to your life. Also, don't forget to take a moment to subscribe, rate and review this podcast. To get connected or stay more connected to the life of Liverpool One Church and learn how you can join us live, visit liverpoolonechurch.com. Thanks again for joining us and we hope to see you again soon.